0: <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about... I'm going to talk about bug snacks, not this, but I just... Oh, my God, Ninja Gaiden 3 is so bad. Oh, duh. <laughs> but, like, it's bad. It's terrible. Like, it's not mediocre. It is just aggressively terrible.
1: Yeah. Was that the one that was on Wii U? Yeah, yeah. first. And then they...
0: Player 2, Pixelcast, episode 61. I am your host, Tim Henderson. I am back on my game, I have my beer, and therefore my somehow my brain is working and I've remembered to introduce my own name after going sober for like a month and a half and like forgetting to introduce myself <laughs> like every episode, I think, which I think was all of two when I was uh, completely dry. Um, so, I don't know. German Hefeweizen is good for you. Yo, drink lots of it. Um, so you're here. Is, mm. is German is German wheat beer a good thing?
1: Uh any beer really, if we're getting down to things, it's a it's a bit like the old sex conundrum. Even if it's bad, it's I mean, still pretty some good. Bad
0: beer. There's some bad beer.
1: There is. But you know, have Weizen's.
0: Carlton Draft would be like akin to waking up in a bed and realizing that that, you know, somehow you and Donald Trump just kind of got something
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to think what Forex is then. <laughs>
2: that bad but there are definitely better beers and the best thing about German beer I find like good German beer those purity laws mean you very rarely
0: have a hangover hmm well yes that voice you hear is um Stephen I want to like I have mixed feelings about that purity law like I get it because get it from like the bigger um we should really do a beer show (laughs) um like the bigger breweries like I'm drinking what is effectively like a macro German brewer um wheat beer and it's still good that just wouldn't happen oh, yeah. in Australia no but the purity laws has stopped a lot of crazy shit that's going on like the US and the UK craft beer shit craft beer scene from happening as well anyway Steven hello welcome howdy nice and nice and nice and short the man the man is short drinking sh- tea sorry,
2: I... <laughs> greetings everyone uh, I know it's been a while but I was <laughs> off having parts of me removed not parts I needed, I... parts that shouldn't have been where they were.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I love the way you phrase that so mm. much. He's had two kids. That's enough. Knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> Just...
0: It's Also, you know, it's a weak spot in playing soccer. You get hit in the nads every couple of weeks. <laughs> Just be done with it.
2: I was actually in hospital to get this thing taken out of my back and I got a call about a vasectomy. <laughs> I was like, I think I'll, I think I'll put a hold on further surgery,
1: just for to, a while. Just
2: for now, I'll, I'll yeah. get back
0: to it. Surgery is not fun. It's been a long time though. Anyway, this episode is basically about finding stuff that we shouldn't have liked that we did like, or the opposite stuff—something that we were hyped, um, hyped about, but then you know, just kind of bounced off, or possibly actively hated. hated. Mm. i guess but Such before that you know
2: mood,
0: but... hate yeah we're living we're living in an age of hate anyway but yes there are games we're we're um, playing and something that i think steve is definitely loving is this weird adventure gamey paradise something murderer that's not what it's called paradise killer you're playing paradise killer let's just use the name of the game how is paradise killer
2: I actually finished Paradise Killer. I marathoned that thing after. I I bought it around the time it came out because it had gotten such a good rap from people. And I think... And this maybe ties into the topic because it just didn't gel with me for the first 10 or 15 minutes that I played it. I had no idea what was going on. It was super weird and confusing. And I put it down for a couple of months. And then I was stuck in hospital. I had my Switch with me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give Paradise Killer another crack. And then I just consumed that game entirely over the next few days every spare chance I got I was um, in there and it's, it's just this crazy mix of open world first person detective kind of game where going around looking for clues and evidence to solve this crime but the world that you're in is like this really odd like mix of just vaporwave aesthetics in terms of visuals and sound and also like hp lovecraft like dead gods and all this other kind of stuff it's just this super weird fusion that on paper you would think that's never gonna work and it works no it sounds fucking amazing
0: Amazing.
2: it is it It, sounds like a hot
0: mess but it sounds amazing
2: it's crazy good and it's so weird how just being able to bounce around this world um, rather than, you know, your general kind of visual novel, detective-y kind of Phoenix Wright game where you're just clicking on dialogue and you're clicking on little parts of the screen and stuff like that. Like, jumping around this world gives you a much better sense of it and it's, you know, you're looking in nooks and crannies trying to find all this stuff. And I think at any point you could go up and be like, yeah, I want to solve the mystery, and then you have to present evidence. Yeah. And if you do that at the very start of the game, they're like, yeah, you don't have any evidence, so this is yeah, going to have
0: read that. You. you can literally try and finish it any given point oh yeah
2: it like 10 minutes into the game you could say i'm going to try to solve this mystery and then you'll have zero evidence to present uh so it's and it it's one of the one of those games where i really feel like it left me wanting more but it doesn't overstay its welcome at, at the same time like i want a sequel to this game like so much i want more it hints at um where they could be going next with the series but you know being a independent team that's only made up of a couple of people, I think it's probably going to be a while before we see that. But if any of that sounds interesting to you, definitely jump on it. Uh, It's available on PC, it's available on the Switch. The Switch performance was really solid, so I wouldn't say that um, it being on the handheld would detract from that at all. I only played it in handheld mode, so I don't know what it's like docked, but Chuck some headphones in as well because that soundtrack is awesome. It's up there with Jet Set Radio for me in terms of soundtracks I will happily now. listen to outside of the game. It's Wasn't this, it again, developed it's in mistake.
1: Or part um, in Australia? It's I surprising like, traveller, isn't
2: potentially, it? Potentially. Yeah, they they have done the um, publishing, I think, but I think yeah. the developers are a couple of um, guys in the UK. Okay, I'd have to double-check that. Yeah, but the yeah it's this weird mix of like 80s Japanese city pop and like it's just if you've never heard any vaporwave music go and listen to that and look at the aesthetic like the visuals that go alongside that and that's literally what Paradise Killer looks like like it's just completely taken that aesthetic and used it for this video game genre that I would never have thought to put together and it's just really inventive and unique I haven't ever played anything that's quite like it
0: yeah, it was weird watching this game kind of... This is very much a word-of-mouth game. Yeah. This is not something that lit Metacritic on fire. Like, I just, it's, you start noticing, like, people are talking about it, or, like, so, like it just keeps on popping up on Twitter.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, I don't even know what it's sitting at on Metacritic, but it's... It, I do, because I, like I, heard...
0: I verified that it is indeed British, and that it's sitting at 81,
1: 82 on Metacritic. Which is pretty good on Metacritic.
2: Oh, yeah, that's... And again, I can see that some people would dive into this and just be like, oh, God, no. I'm just on the aesthetics alone because it does have like a very kind of low rent in some ways, but it is that's part of that particular aesthetic. So if you have not ever experienced any vaporwave stuff, you're going to look at this and be like, what the hell is this weird ass mismatch of like stuff that should never be put together?
0: It looks very intentional to me, honestly, but.
2: Oh, it is, and that's what I mean, like, it's it's just completely taking that visual and, like, oral aesthetic to like, extremes. And the storyline is really good as well, like, it's, it, and it is, it's kind of like, gives me lots of, like, Arkham horror kind of vibes in some of the things that it's referencing and this idea of, you know, like, these worlds being created and dying and gods dying and being resurrected and all this other sort of stuff it's it's i don't want to say too much because it is really um the mystery is at the heart of it and it's it's so great starting to unravel what is going on in this world the more you bounce around it and gather clues and talk to people and i'd say the only frustrating bit is like a lot of sort of um of these open world games you do feel like you're doing a lot of back and forth towards the end. Once you've sort of done most of your exploring, you've got a good handle on the locations of everything in the world. And you can fast travel, but fast traveling costs uh, a finite currency in the game and it's hmm. like a lot of games, you don't really know how much of it you need to use and save, so I ended up having heaps of it left over at the end of the game. So I could have fast travelled a little bit more, but there was so a your little pro bit of a use to... that a little
0: bit a little use that a little more liberally than you yeah, did?
2: Yeah, don't be as tight with the fast traveling as you might think you need to be. Because those last probably three or four hours where I wasn't, like I felt like things were wrapping up, but you can also use this to buy things in the game, sometimes hints and other items. So I'm sort of, you know, doing the Final Fantasy thing where you finish the game with 99 potions because you never wanted to use them yep. for whatever Yeah, I've been there. It bit, yeah, it felt a little bit like that. But that would be my only criticism of the game, that you know, a little bit of the um, the traveling back and forth towards the end as you wrap up the last couple of uh, loose ends can get a bit monotonous because you've, you know, they're just trying there, to get from that. one place so to another. You just uh, kind
0: of like, yeah. yeah, I know where I'm going. Just let me be there. Um, you did, you said like, it seems like they know potential for a sequel. Is it more of a continuation of this story or is there's a story like kind of neatly wrapped up and it's like this style of approach? or timeline or oh, something. Oh no,
2: it'll definitely it'll definitely be a continuation of this story because there's 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 sort of multiple endings you can get, but there's one where there's a piece of information they drop that makes it clear that despite what ending you get, they know which ending they're continuing from. I don't want to oh, give okay. away too much because it's like a I ended up getting both endings like just playing around with the final sort of trial sequence to see what uh, things went different and yeah the choices you make there can have a really big impact on how the game wraps up but then it will give you an extra bit of the credits that sort of lets you know that okay you made that choice but that's not how things are going to play out in the sequel so just
0: keep that in mind. So, yeah, just, just, just a heads up. Cool, yeah, that, So, I'm guessing this is. I kind of just going in, I guess. This is a very hearty recommendation, I'm guessing.
2: Oh, for sure. Like, again, it's probably. It's probably the. I, I guess it's evident by the fact that I marathoned this game and all I wanted to do in every spare moment I had was dive back into it. I think I had to recharge my Switch like six times. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it it's not very expensive yeah yeah for sure I had, no, I had my little charger sitting next to the bed and had to hot swap between the phone and the switch uh, but it's it doesn't cost a lot you can get it on Steam, you can get it on Switch I definitely think you get your money's worth out of it but again I can see how for some people it would be kind of divisive and extremely not their jam as is you know topical this evening <laughs> topical So indeed. maybe check out a few videos just in case, like a couple of trailers or something, or read some uh coverage of it, um lest you be shaking your fist at this podcast and the twenty to thirty dollars you just spent.
0: Wait for a sale, anyway. But cool yeah, this is this has been on my radar on and off for a while, so depending on how my time looks over the summer, slash I guess winter for anybody actually listening. I will, yeah, actually have to give this one another look. That that all said, though, so the, 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 the Deadline Gods have smiled on us again.
1: Yeah, they have. We've uh, lucked in again with um, embargo timing. Three episodes timing. In, Three in, a in a row, this never happens. This is ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, the embargo for this game drops just before we usually post this podcast, so it works out really well. Uh, Dark Alliance. Dungeons and Dragons, Dark Alliance. I um, attended a virtual preview event uh, of the game, which was really cool, actually. They worked out a way to do it over uh, a a screen-sharing service called Parsec. So basically, um, they set it up on their PC, and then I just took control of their PC using the internet. It worked actually quite well, because it was obviously local servers. The poor uh, developer that was with us from... Uh, Wizards of the Coast, uh, the, making the game. They, however, were in America, so they had a bit of lag while they oh, were playing with us. Damn! Uh, but that's all right. They were just there as a tour guide, anyway. Um, so I played uh, the four-player. It's uh, for those that don't know. It's the I guess it's not necessarily a sequel to the old uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games. There was two of those on the PS2 and Xbox, the original Xbox. They were top-down, uh, kind of modern versions of Gauntlet. I won't say Diablo likes, though, because they were definitely, I I think more in line with what Gauntlet used to do than with the, than Diablo, especially. Um, so this is kind of the modern reinvention of that formula. It's it's more of a third-person title this time. Uh, it has a bit more of uh, the Diablo sort of influence with loot and things like that, but it's it's 100% made to play with four people. Uh, that's the prime way to play it. Obviously can't play it without it, but um, it's it's ideal as a four-player co-op experience. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. It's uh, simple combat initially, but it seems there's a bit of... like I played for about half an hour. It was about how long we got there, a, a good mission length and... And, and a boss battle, and things like that, and, um, you know, it's all very D&D, so if you've ever experienced any D&D, you're gonna get the, um, you know, the familiar feelings there, there's, you play as four characters, I played as Dritz, uh, so Dritz Doerderne, so if you've ever read any of the Forgotten Realms books, you'll know who Dritz is, is a dark elf, um, and there's other, I've forgotten their names right now, but other characters from D&D lore that you can pick from. Um, and so that that's immediately uh, pretty cool for people that, that, that are into that and, and know the lore. Um, but people that don't aren't going to feel left out, I don't think at all. I mean, I, it's been a very long time since I read the Forgotten Realms books and Dritz was about the only character I could remember. So that's why I, I picked him. So that's how far disconnected I was and still enjoyed it. Um, it works with, uh, you've got two basic attacks, you know, heavy and light. They combo together. There's magic, there's spells, there's co-op spells. You can set enemies up for, uh, uh, you know, team attacks with your other players. Um, There's mobs of little enemies. There's big bosses. You've got to work together. It's all stuff we've seen before, but it just looks like it's going to be put together in a a really competent package, designed to have fun with your mates. And uh, to go along with that, and and uh, they, this is kind of they let us know we could talk about this, but it's actually being released on Game Pass day one. To oh damn to encourage that and i they they was talking to the developers they were super excited about that because you know that they said one of the biggest problems with co-op games is you know encouraging multiple copies with friends to play these co-op games
0: i literally had that problem this weekend where i was supposed to play some jackbox and then like one friend bailed and there wasn't quite enough of us and we were
1: all sitting there going
0: yeah what are we gonna play do you have x do you have y and it's the- never lined
1: up we wasted like two hours so Game Pass just completely erases that problem for a lot of a lot of people. Um, interestingly, it's cross-play with Xbox and PC only. The PS versions are on there, Pat Malone. Um, we won't point any fingers at Sony. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you Definitely can read.
0: a lot and of information dropped about video. how cross-play got onto PS4 and 5 recently. That was, yeah. that was yeah. some yeah.
1: stuff. Yep, yeah. so... Uh, And also speaking to developers about the name, it was actually really interesting. I've never done a preview event like this where the developers kind of acted as a tour guide as you go through. Usually they just give you a copy and say, hey, how about it? This is the demo. Um, But we had this tour guide, which was really really quite interesting because she's giving us tips and tidbits as we're playing, um, you know, things that came about during development. And they were talking about how originally they designed it in the top-down perspective. The original pitch was the top-down perspective um, of the original games. They felt that was kind of just catering for the old fans and not bringing anyone new into the fold. Um, they also talked about using the Dark Alliance name um, and bringing that forward instead of just calling it Dungeons & Dragons, you know, whatever. Um, they said, you know, it. It, it was, she said it was both playing on the nostalgia, but they also wanted to... If, if the game, to give that feeling that this game was in that line it, w- it was a game designed for co-op it was a game designed to be played with friends and that's, they they felt that using the Dark Alliance name was was appropriate to do that um, so it was it was a really interesting preview and it's coming out at the end of the month and with it coming straight to Game Pass I think it's going to find quite a crowd of, of people who are going to have a lot of fun with this uh, I, I mean, I know m- my younger son who plays Dungeons and Dragons with his mate is going to have a ball with this so I can see us playing together in opposite ends of the house on two Xboxes yelling at each other or me on my PC and stuff so it, it should be it should be a lot of fun I think and and um it I don't think it's going to surprise anyone with mechanics or or uh, you know new ideas or anything like that i think it's just going to be a really solid title set in D, which is you know a bit of a rarity in itself in games these days it's been a while since like the the grand days of D gaming um and so i think that's it, it's going to be a really solid solid title that people are going to get a kick out of
0: yeah i'm guess not just interested for in this but like I, I think back to when Rocket League was like one of those early finding PlayStation plus games mm. where this mass accessibility just helps these games divide around multiplayer to actually live mm. so you remember like a decade before that like I, just, I forget, I forget what it was called like it was a pretty decent team-based shooter that I was reviewing for hyper Great. and like I played it a bit and I like I was quite enjoying it but by the time the review dropped there's oh, nobody cool. left anymore.
1: No, and uh, that's why I think where Game Pass does really like Knockout City was another example of that. EA's one, it's gone on. That all,
0: game's gone kind of crazy. It's
1: gone kind of big. It's it's a, once again along those Rocket League lines, where having that instant crowd ready to pick up and play with no barrier to entry means that, you know, it's got a better chance to live, I guess, uh, in the multiplayer space, which is incredibly competitive. So yeah, but uh, but I, I, I really like the idea reached. of co-op in in this situation. Yeah. It makes it easier
0: wonder when we're going to reach, like, Game Pass saturation. Like, at the point where it's actually going to be like... It, it will eventually happen, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: I and think From uh, a consumer perspective, it's a good problem to have. Like, from a developer perspective, maybe not as so
1: much. It um, is. But, yeah, like I said, the devs seemed really excited about hitting Game Pass. So, um, and the fact that it was cross-play between PC and Xbox. They didn't say anything about Sony. They kind of skimmed over that really quickly. But, you know that's to, be expected. Want
0: to buy it on the PlayStation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can play against the PS4 and 5. Was their only answer? So
0: weird that that hasn't year opened up.
1: <laughs> it is funny, but yeah, Dark Alliance. It's looking good. It's looking really good. I'll have a preview up on the site pretty soon. Hopefully, some footage of, of, of me actually playing, which is I can chop together it in some decent form
0: either when or soon after this podcast goes live, I'm guessing. Yep. Cool, cool. Well, we're going to jump back in time a little bit again and go from having lots of friends to trying to get them back together again because... And boy, this is like an interesting oversight in the Switch design. So as I've mentioned, like I kind of bought a PS5 a couple of months ago, basically because a chance just kind of dropped itself in my lap. This was not something I was going to try and touch for another couple of months, but like it's here. These things are fucking impossible to find. I should grab this now. And my plan had been to just like play Switch games. I had a backlog ready to go. But also, my girlfriend's been working from home again since Japan does not know how to handle a pandemic, despite what. Somebody might hear in an full state of emergency. It's working again, and I'm almost convinced that because the Olympics are going to lift it too early again and shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> at least the like, Well, oh, vaccination speed is at least now where it should have been at the end of winter. Um. What is this yeah, basically meant? Is like the switch nuts. doesn't. Ha-. Yep. <laughs> but also, like, there's fucking virus everywhere. Like, it just like, there's it. It it's re Japan is living the Scott Morrison dream of the best way to cope with a virus is to live with the virus. Um, <laughs> but what it's meant is like, my plan to play Switch games kind of doesn't work that well when she, you know, is working from the dining table in the same room and she has a lot of calls from her workplace. And the only way to use headphones in the Switch is really to play it in handheld mode, and I'm not playing that fucking thing in handheld mode when literally sitting on a sofa in front of a not turned on 55-inch TV. This <laughs> is fucking dumb. It is. So the PS5 is like been getting work. Okay, I kind of want to keep my Nino Cooney going. Like I want to go back to that, but at the same time, it's like man, I'll just plug the headphones in and play some Bug Snacks. And guys, it, it turns out the Bug Snacks is actually pretty good.
1: You'll upset Paul uh, by I'm, saying that. I'm... Screw you, Paul. Um, <laughs> he hates that game with a passion.
0: Really? Yeah. No, I mean, every I think almost everybody remembers this from like that weird-ass trailer, like an in initial PS5 unve- big unveil, um, and that song, which was in everybody's head for about half, half a year. <laughs> so basically until now. And so the conceit in that was like, you've got this weird over-the-top Australian walrus looking fuzzy whatever and you eat, and all these bugs are shaped like fucking strawberries and chocolate bars, and you eat them, and then one of your limbs just kind of turns into that snack. And clearly this is a game from the developers of Octodad. Yep. Yeah. Um, what it is, though, is it's it's less... I remember buying Octodad with extreme enthusiasm when I had a launch PS4, and the, I had no desire to play it through the end. I tried, and it actually gets pretty bad. It doesn't hold up as a game. But as a hey, people are coming around. They want to see what the PS4 is. It's like, oh, this is new, exciting hardware. I want to see this cutting-edge shit. And then you give them Octodad. It's fucking amazing to watch other people just go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, weirdly, Snacks, despite that trailer, is less that than Octodad by quite a margin. But it is more of an, like, an actual game. So the central conceit is, conceit is effectively you're a journalist for some newspaper or something, whatever. And said over-the-top Australian characters kind of, like, sent in this video about this discovery of this world, this island that's just kind of filled with these bugs that are all, you know, fucking bags of chips and strawberries and raspberries and bananas and whatever. And you you want to investigate it, and you somehow manage to talk your boss some way, whatever, to, like, send you there. And you get there, and that person is missing. And then there's a maybe self-declared mayor of the town who is dying of hunger because he doesn't know how to catch snacks so you have to learn to catch a freaking strawberry snack for him and feed him that and then his arm turns into strawberries and your mission for most of the game and i'm nearing the end of this i think is to just get all of these so-called grumpuses which are these weird sesame street offshoot looking people back to the town again and the basic gameplay loop is effectively kind of like Pokemon Snap, but not on rails, and with trying to find ways to catch this shit instead of just get photos of it. It And that seems odd. It is odd. (laughs) Weirdly, it's less odd because the trailer was just like it's a game about eating shit and your body turns strange. But there is actually like a structure here and it like makes a lot more sense. But yeah, it's at its most creative because normally it's like, hey, I want to eat this, find this. So it is typically find somebody instructs you to find a way to catch insert bug here and the first ones obviously you know you just lay a trap and then you just wait and they kind of wander into it and then you have to like gradually cook timid ones out of bushes and then you have to get aggressive ones to fight each other and knock each other out so the complexity of catching them entails but eventually it gets a little cute with like earlier on i think there's one guy you know, i mean all these characters it's probably worth mentioning. like all the characters are actually really well voiced like they're all very strong archetypes but they're well done like the actual execution is kind of spot on And he's like in the desert, and you're trying to buy a bridge off him that's broken, and you also have to like earn the right to fucking fix it. He's like, I'm not walking on that hot sand; it's going to burn my feet. So you have to catch um, a kind of a popsicle bug, or two of them. And when you feed these bugs to these people, you can choose which part of their bodies transform into said snack. So you have to transform his feet into ice so he can walk back without feeling too much pain from hot fucking whatever. Hot sand. Um,
1: I mean, hot sand is fucking hot, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, bath on the beach on the wrong day is pain. The run down the dunes to the surf. It's the Thank quickest God. 100 meters you ever run in your life.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're joking about that, but it fucking hurts, It You does. can seriously injure yeah. yourself. If you, you can literally torture a person if you, like, held them in place yeah. on really hot fucking sand. So it's all kind of centered around trying to get lure each of these people back to the town, um, by basically like catching and then feeding the bugs they like, and then something will happen and unlock it. The thing that's interesting, and I'm wondering where this is going to get to, is like like occasionally in lifetime you have these kind of bonfire parties, and some and it always gets like kind of dark. Like there is something sinister going on in this game. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but it is so open for weird, creepy cannibalism. <laughs> because people's arms are turning into like fucking curly fries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I'm getting close to the end, but like if you have this as part of your PlayStation Plus, I mean it is not I mean it's not a graphical showpiece. It I could swear I even had a couple bits of slowdown on a friggin' PlayStation 5. Um like not major, but like it's like a little bit like did that not hold its frame rate completely there? That that's weird for this game. I would forgive that in God of War, but that is weird for this game. But like, don't don't sleep on this. Sorry, Steve.
2: It's definitely one of those. Yeah, where I, when I was playing it, I was like, this feels like it should look and run better than it does.
0: Well, let me. Say, it runs at like probably sixty-three frame percent frames per second. I say ninety-nine point nine nine percent of the time, but it's a Scott Morrison um, quarantine hotel situation where that's actually not good enough in this situation, considering the expectations.
1: Considering it's an indie indie title. Yeah. I mean I think I mean, that the for me, it's developers more, they're not more f- for, more forgivable on my behalf because it's not the team of developers sitting mm. there polishing to the nth degree. Yeah, they have limited resources. I mean yeah. they pro- I
0: mean clearly it is not pushing the PS5 anywhere we're near its limits and it would be capable of you no. Know. But I mean it's also like the, the drops don't matter. It's just kind of weird that they happen. Mm. And i say they happen. I mean I've played what like I don't know probably six, seven, eight hours of this now, and I've noticed it like four or five times. Yeah, yeah. For a few seconds, like it's completely ignorable. The only reason I bring it up is because like it doesn't look like a game that you would expect a frame drop from. But I mean I mean I give my my, my pitch there is kind of like potentially creepy, creepy um Bowcoin snap. Yeah. Well that's that's a theory. It's to definitely- be fair, I've not actually finished it. I don't know where it's going. Cannibal the musical.
2: It's definitely got that way. It
0: was that like that game odd, that was announced on Twitter a few days
1: ago that everybody odd. went nuts about. Oh, the Pokemon knockoff.
0: I mean, it's Pal not World? so much Pokemon knockoff Pal Worlds or something. Yep. It's not knockoff so much as they just went, you know, what if we just embrace what Pokemon is if you really stop and think about it for a few seconds? Yep. Animal cruelty. Isn't that true or somebody like finest. just picks up a fucking sheep and uses it as shield, I'm like, I am all in on this bullshit.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: But anyway, with that, yeah, my, my general gist is like I I, I wanna put forward what Bug snacks is. If you it does have a structure, there is a game there is a much better actual game than Octodad. Yeah. Although maybe not as instantly weird in a way that would entertain friends immediately, but like, don't sleep on it. If you like, kind of like just flicking blindly through your PlayStation Plus library, like, and give it, give it a go. If that sounds interesting, like, it's actually pretty fun. And Paul's not here to say otherwise. (laughs)
1: Like, yeah, he's not here enough to get stakes on that. I, I don't
0: see why you could. I could see why people will bounce off
1: this game, but I don't understand how you'd hate it. Um, I think he hated the promotion of it more than anything
0: that song is so catchy Mm -hmm. and I I promise I think I may have used it in the past I promise not to use that song we're going to take a break now i will find a different song yeah I'll find a different song and when we come back games that we should have bounced off or not or whatever yes fair We're back. We're done with the basketball chat off camera. Thanks. Well, not thanks, but probably much to Steve's relief. <laughs> we're going to swing this round yeah, back I to video would, games. I, I don't think anybody's... The
1: game when
0: I was in the no, I don't think anybody's going to find a way, or maybe somebody will find a way to talk about an NBA jam during this section. We're basically we to do this in two rounds. Um, games that you should have hated because, because of genre or publicity or whatever that you end up liking, or vice versa, something that looked like it was very much your jam and then you just kind of bounce off it hard, you know, like a basketball. Nice. Steve, is just shaking his head at me, and because of that, I'm going to throw said hot potato to you first, buddy. You said you had examples of one, but what the other? not the other. What is it?
2: Yeah, so I, I can't really think of too many games that I should hate, but I love, because I, you know, tend to not really play things that i think i'm gonna hate <laughs> outside of you know the odd review title where you're like all right and then you're like hey this is actually pretty good uh but there's probably I, I won't say hate hate is a very strong word there's games that i don't like or i don't like as much as i initially thought i would have and the two big ones that i can think of off the top of my head are basically the entirety of monster hunter as a series uh, is one that I've banged my head against countless times. I like the persistence and of that. I've That's been going for a while. Games. I've sold those games and rebought them. And because every time I'm like, maybe this is the time. Like, I'm, And I'm talking like PSP, like, not PS2, because that thing like barely got released in the West. But I had Monster Hunter Portable, had Monster Hunter Portable 2. I've even got Monster Hunter Portable 3 in Japanese, and I've got a little patch running on there to make it run in English. I've tried them on the 3ds i've uh tried it on the wii and the wii u and the only one i haven't given a solid crack is monster hunter world and that's because i feel like so overwhelmed by people talking about the amount of online content and other stuff around it that it feels like like i've already missed the boat on that and i'll just wait till monster hunter world 2
1: i i find this shaking
2: his head it sounds like i need to jump in
1: well i was actually gonna talk about you, you mentioned Monster Hunter in the chat beforehand, and I was like, Monster Hunter World is one I really like because I didn't like the portable games at all. Um, and Monster I Hunter think World was. the portable
0: ones relevant to what you were saying about um, Dark Alliance earlier? The Dark Alliance? I'm forgetting names already. Yeah, Dark Alliance is. The reason those games are so big in Japan was that everybody had them. And like being able to play with four people was quite easy, and I don't think that really works if you're the one person who's curious about this in some part of regional Australia.
1: Yeah, well, or in the fantastic. city of Australia,
0: which may have been like a...
2: the one guy trying to set up a wireless LAN. <laughs> yeah, and it's like of too. Like
0: I, lit- when I first came 30. over here, it was common sight, even in the countryside in Japan, to see high school students like just in groups playing Monster Hunter PSP together. That just just could not happen in Australia,
1: and that's where I think world world opened it up.
2: Just the control system that you had to try to wrap your hands around on the PSP as well. You know, there's a reason people call a particular playstyle of that game the claw, and it's because you like your hands look like claws trying to work. All these different parts not on the PSP. Of course, it turns you into Kawhi Leonard.
0: Sorry, I got to keep these basketball things going right now. <laughs> oh my lord! I should point out that Husu is very laughing quite a lot, but he's very good at keeping quiet about it. Yes, it By is. a soundboard.
2: I'd be hitting that cricket button right now. <laughs>
0: Fuck cricket! <laughs> sports where you don't just stand around for hours on end.
2: Yeah, the other one is um Persona Five. people love that game and I I I literally got mad when they re-released that piece of crap and it got an even better Metacritic score because my main issue with that game is it's too fucking long by about 45 hours and then you come out and tell me we've got a version that's got even more shit packed into it I'm like who wants that apparently people want that I, I just don't understand why you'd want to spend 130 or more hours playing that game, when I would argue that in a lot of ways, maybe not the dungeons, but I think Persona 4 was a much better, you know, experience. Sometimes you don't up. need to say more, you can just tie it up.
0: Yeah, Persona 5 was like the example of a great game that just had way too much flab on it.
2: Yeah, it's I guess it's I don't know what their production process was for that. I think it was just so protracted because that thing was supposed to hit the PS4 and it just kept slipping. No, PS3. And it was in Japan. Like it, Obviously, I don't think it got released on PS3 in the West. It or, did. Maybe it did, but I know it was, it was initially slated for PS3 and then they pushed it to PS4. So I wonder if that protracted development period just led to them just having so much stuff in there and it just felt bloated. Like, really bloated. It takes When I a lot of... did a full complete... Oh, yeah. I did, like, a full completion run of Persona 4 Golden, and it was 60 hours. And my complete run of Persona 5 was literally 110 hours.
0: Okay. One, one, I think, 60 hours is actually pretty short for Persona 4. But two, yeah, with, with regard to that um, time, I, I forget I forget where this comes from, the notion that I'm sorry that I wrote you such a long letter, but I did not have enough time to write a short one. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, It's not appreciated, like, how yeah, much time it takes to make something smaller again <laughs> yeah to sort of, of time hone it down and polish it. <laughs> although man if that game had come out in the 90s back when i did not have anything to play my god it would have been perfect
2: oh yeah during my the the jrpg heyday of my you know early to mid-teens where that i would have lost my mind over that like oh my god it just keeps going which is odd considering i've Mostly pirated games then, anyway. So what did I care about how long they went for? I wasn't paying for them, but still, it's it's just it's too much. And I I realize that for some people that's the reason they defend it because they love it so much, and of course they just want more and more and more. I just and that's why when I reviewed um, Strikers, I was like I actually prefer this to Persona Five proper because it has the same feel of it, but it's not taking me 110 hours it's to get doable. through. A story yeah.
1: a good story yeah. has so an end you ending. have
0: do you have anything well i mean the About only the only them. positive here and i think it was me being able to do this i think some people have a lot of trouble letting go is like because like it has very clear chapters i i mean i still haven't finished Persona Five, but i'm able like there are points where i'm like able to put my controller down and go yep that's it, I may deal with the next shitbag who we're going to have to like change the heart of again in a couple of months' time when I feel like playing this again for another few hours.
2: I do, and I do want to try to protect myself somewhat, like Flame Shield on. It's not a bad game. I don't hate it. I just, it was
0: just too long for me. Oh, it is It is too long. I think even most of the fans would agree with that. Anyway, you so do you have like a more positive spin on this, or are you also going to tell me something you oh, just Oh no, I've got some posi- I've got
1: a both both sides of the coin. Um, there's a couple that I really enjoyed, and one I've talked about before on the podcast, which is Elder Scrolls Online. I've traditionally hated MMOs. Um, I really like Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> it's 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 my sort of MMO where it's it's MMO by you know accident almost. Nowadays, you can play it almost yeah. completely single player. Um, you can get it, and the, the the parts I really like with multiple people are these big world events that just pop out of nowhere, you know, you'd be cruising around, and holy fuck, there's a dragon, everyone runs to the dragon, gets in the spells, kills the dragon, you get the loot, and then everyone disperses off to do their own things again, it's a real Aww. cool, yeah, it's it's like this cool thing, you see it on the map, holy shit, there's a big thing, let's all run there and do that, Um Kind of like, like, you know, those it, public events in Destiny and things like that.
0: Uh, sounds like like introvert lifestyles. Like, I'm cool, do my own thing, and then very occasionally I want to do the social thing, yeah. and
1: then they everybody and, go away, let's just kind of read a book. And there's all the guild and, and you, you know, know. team-up stuff you can do uh, if you want to. But now, in the latest expansion, they've even added AI companions. So you can tackle dungeons now with an AI companion... Um, that you couldn't do before, and you don't have to have friends at all. You can just use the AI companion to do it, which is which is even more like my ideal MMO. <laughs> just the line that you don't have to have friends at all, at all. Um, the other one is Final like Fantasy. Really yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the people Fantasy that played you. Skyrim, that's their target market. So, um, but yeah, and the other one's the Final Fantasy 7 remake. I didn't expect to like that. Um, just because JRPGs and I have never really gelled. Like, there's been some I've enjoyed, but there hasn't been one I've really, really loved since probably Chrono Trigger. Um, Damn,
0: that's a long time.
1: And I really, really liked Chrono Trigger. Um, but after that, I like, there's, there's ones I've enjoyed to a certain extent, like Final Fantasy VIII. I didn't play much as Final Fantasy VII originally because I never had a PlayStation, but I had eight on PC. Um and I played a lot of that and it was fine. Um I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like my favorite thing. Ah. And then since then, you know, Final Fantasy 15 was once again fine. I enjoyed it to a point and then put it down and I don't regret putting it down. Uh, but Final Fantasy 7 remake uh it really got me in. Um I still haven't finished it. I was kind of waiting. I put it aside to do some reviews and stuff, but now and now I'm just waiting to the PS5 patch comes out and i'll i'll jump back in but i've
0: seen screenshots have fixed the door the they fixed the, fixed the, the odd door i don't know if i'm delighted or kind of upset about
1: it <laughs> but yeah, i would have
0: kind of I, loved I, I, it if this whole game looked amazing it, it already looks great but if it looked like yeah. notably more amazing now but that one fucking door <laughs> still looked like was that a nintendo 64 game
1: yeah so i i quite I enjoyed great that they and to, my, to my shock yeah. No,
0: the, yeah, that remake was really good. Out, is that patch out this week? I think it's so. Out soon,
1: definitely. Yeah. It,
0: it might be out by the time people are listening to this.
1: And see, it's it's a it's a reasonable size JRPG in that it's what you know 25, 30 hours all up. Probably
0: thirty five for most people. I think I got close 25. to. I think so that's I doable.
1: Support,
0: like Final Fantasy
1: fifteen was what sixty odd hours and. Yeah, I and don't made think there's no an... sense by the end. No. So, yeah.
0: I finished Final Fantasy XV and didn't... never fully
1: understood the combat system. Just spam that teleport thing.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was very Kingdom Hearts.
1: Mm. Um And also, just a quick mention to Super Mega Baseball. I don't like baseball at all. But they're a fun little game. Uh, I only played it because it was on uh, PlayStation Plus one time. And then I've since gone on and bought place the the third one on the switch and and i literally play it all the time because i it's that perfect little bite size thing to play while, you, while you're tripping around somewhere yeah
0: huh you've reminded me of something that i'd actually forgotten about but is relevant but was the way that um a demo of virtual tennis the original streamcast became the most played game in my house whether it was by with just me or with friends around <laughs> And I had, I never would have thought to pick up a tennis game. I was like, "This," is, but that game was just like immediate, like just so immediately approachable. It was like the definitive arcade—just pick up and fucking go. Yeah. And it just looked bonkers for the time as well. Um, but the good one sports that... and good
2: driving games can do that, though. Like they, it can be something that you have no interest in in real life, and uh, like a good driving
0: game or a good golf game can hook you but it cannot be too realistic or else it will not hook you and there lies a dilemma so the basketball game in question will be nba jam the golf game in question will be hot shots or everybody's golf depending on where you live or mario golf i guess and the driving game would be fucking destruction derby yeah
1: forza horizon you don't have
0: to be a Again. driving fan to enjoy that game that's just a yeah, yeah i don't like driving i I'm still confused by the idea that um, the mainline force is going to be the first one to really show off the Series X hardware, and I really think it should be a Horizon game. One, because I think you're gonna have a lot more pretty scenery to show off, and two, more people are gonna be able to appreciate it. But um the big one um, for me is like I've frequently just hated roguelikes. Like just I don't I don't like having my progress taken away. I don't like working, 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 and then fuck you. Don't play Returnal. And the and that that dilemma of do I just fucking go because I don't care anymore? Or do I really take care and like do a whole like really make an effort and this is the worst? And then you just get this one shitty unlucky bit and it's all back to almost scratch again. <laughs> that said though, Dead Cells is maybe the best game on the Switch.
1: Yeah, I think the key to a good roguelike is skill it has to be skill based. Like luck shouldn't play a part in your demise. I think your lack of skill should play a part in your demise. And or your upgrades. learning as well, yeah. and learning and upgrades should enhance your skill, not be a substitute for skill. I guess, yeah, and that's I what mean, Dead Cell and gotta, Hades do really well. Dead Cell's reward. I mean, I still haven't played Hades, and the fact mm-hmm. that I
0: randomly landed on a PS5 when Hades was on my PS um, on my Switch Two watch list has maybe hurt its case a little bit but the thing with dead cells was yeah like it was perfectly balanced it always making you feel like you had made some sort of meaningful dent yeah you were back at square one but like something had opened up you had some new weapon you understood something better
1: yeah
0: um and the mixing that with like a little metroidvania where like but it was never too dangerous so like you actually felt like exploring like the risk reward was always like perfectly balanced Except for like that one stupid light dark room, but we yeah
1: with the yeah that I always avoided that room. I only played through it once entirely, and actually, like I've finished Dead Cells a couple of times uh, and the DLC, but that one light dark room, I avoided it because it just wasn't fun.
0: Yeah, strike that from the record. Aside from that, Dead Cells is sorry, Steve,
2: same feeling that I had with um Hollow Knight. As well, and I think that's the the appeal of you know Dark Souls and a lot of those other sorts of games to people is that it does largely come down to your level of skill, but mm. you do get those incremental upgrades that make you feel like you've made progress because often we don't realise that the thing that's getting better is us. It's not that plus four percent to whatever piece mm. of armor. It's no, I've just gotten better at the game.
0: I think with Dead Cells, it was like a nice harmony of the two. Mm. But also, like, because you did get technically more powerful, you would feel more confident in taking risks. And I guess the thing I think back to is, I don't know why I remember this so clearly, was back when I was living in Korea, and we were just at some sort of Buddhist monastery stay. And, like, climbing up this semi-cliff face, it was just kind of scampering around the bush, really. I I grew up in the Blue Mountains. The girl in front of me clearly did not grow up in the Blue Mountains. And she was freaking out at every tiny little jump that she had to make. Or like ty- like any step that she had to go, and she was like a million times more likely to fall off than I was. And I was just going like, boing 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 because I just kind of grew up doing this. So that confidence kind of goes a long way into just making you not screw up. Mm. So letting you feel like you're better at it in itself
1: probably has some value. It it is a masterful balance to get right from a developer's perspective. Too. I mean, yeah. yeah, like that like the
0: fine-tuning in Dead Cells, I cannot imagine. I presume Hades as well. Mm. It's like so much of that last final development time must have just been like, tweak this, tweak that, just try to get it just right. Yep.
2: I think that's where both of them being early access for extended periods really helps them get that because then they can get that player feedback and go...
1: they you can, can get see all where everyone dying too much. I think that perfect. genre is perfect for early access for just that reason, because they can't get the data they need to create the games they became without a huge player pool that you can only get through early access. You can't do it with just in-dev in um, QA stuff sort of thing. So
0: the real mastery here is marketing so that people feel like the game has come out when it's actually come out as opposed to when it was in early access and trying it and not liking it and forgetting about it. All right, I'm going to... I guess I'm going to like flip this around now. Which is the game that I thought I was going to be all in on and for years and then kind of didn't get there and then for years and didn't get there which is just, in general, Animal Crossing. I would have bought... I... I can get on board with that. I would have bought the GameCube version, except... And I learned how common this was after I started working in games for retail for a couple of years. Um, the Dick Smith at the time, they didn't have the disc. And they're like, okay, we'll call, we'll call you when you find the disc. And then they never found the disc. They just had the empty case because somebody had probably stolen the disc or, like, filed it in the completely wrong place or whatever. So, never played that. Then just, for whatever reason, didn't pick up any version again until we finally get to the Switch. And this game is going fucking bananas. And I tend to like slower-paced stuff. so is painfully aware of like some of the stuff I like in Shenmue. Like, I like the date, the slow day-to-day nature of it. And, like, I play other games like that as well. And you would think that something's like, just build a house gradually, chill on this island, catch a few bugs. I still do not understand why I bounced off it as hard as I did. I tried really it's, hard. And at some point, I, I realized I shouldn't have been trialing. Hmm.
2: Into a pattern with it, where I play it for a bit and then I inevitably just, it, it, like you, it doesn't draw me in. I fall off and then I just delete my save and give the game to my wife.
0: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, I let like my girlfriend take over, and she was the complete opposite to how you're supposed to play the game, where she was compulsively trying to finish everything as fast as she could. Um, I think a big part for me was that I was um. Just, I literally was never able to visit anybody else's island. Every time I tried to do that, it just never worked out. And I was like, I feel like I'm missing this thing that everybody's sharing with each other. It's just, but I, I was eventually like, you know, I'm not enjoying just catching the next fish and trying to upgrade my house. This, this, some, even the aesthetically, this should be me. And I just basically put the game card in my box of stuff I was sending home for Christmas and said, just tell my sister, you can have it. Just have it whenever it arrives. Don't wait until December.
1: Ouch! Well, it's funny. My my ringing endorsement. My um, bounce off one was was actually another switch title that everyone loves, and it's Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I'm so fifty
0: fifty on that. This is going to be interesting.
1: I just 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 didn't click. Like I'm usually one that likes a big open world with tons of shit to do, and and you can wander around. I I, I quite enjoy that generally. Um, there's just something about it that just doesn't click with me i i don't know if it's the inherent nintendo-ness of the game that or whether it's 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 obscure nature or if it's just that stupid fucking weapon system um but but i just couldn't i just couldn't click with it and i tried a lot but yeah. yeah
0: I still admire this game from a distance. Like I see some of the stuff that happens from mechanics, and I'm like, this game is fucking... Wh-. I ha- I may not have enjoyed it very much, but I have to fucking respect it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm- it's one of
1: those games that you just... You, you can easily look at and go, hey, it's not for me, but it is a really good game. I mean,
0: I know some of the things that did bug me. What, did you actually play it on Switch? Yeah. Because I was playing it on Wii U, and there were immediate annoyances for me there. One is it very clearly had Wii U gamepad functionality ripped out of it. Ooh. Like, you get a Wii U tablet effectively in the game. Yeah. But all the tablet does is just, like, have a logo or fucking on the whole time. Like, this would be so much easier if you could have that. But clearly, Nintendo just did not want that to in any way potentially be the better version of the game. Yes. Um. Another weird... like this, I, I, The obvious one first is, like, I hate that weather system. Like, the, this... It's the same issue I think I, if we come back to the Roblox is I'm like exploring, I'm getting up this mountain and then the rain just goes, fuck you. And like, oh, yeah. I had half an hour to play this game and all of my progress is for naught. Add to that and I'm not playing on the Switch and I can't just put it to sleep mode and put it in my bag. Like losing the ability to like just take it with me, I think hurt it a lot. And the third one is, is like, I really hate the sound design in that game. Like it's yeah. just too empty. Like you can never hear any wind or... I mean, it's there, but it sounds like sound effects as opposed to in a live world and that bugged the ever-loving shit out of me.
1: Yeah, I think it does a lot of things uh, really, really well, but it, there's too much of it that rubs me the wrong way for me to enjoy. Um, but yeah, and, and, and it's much the same as why I can look at Dark Souls and go, hey, that's a good game, but it's a good game that's not for me. Um, and I think that's that's my feelings with, with Breath of the Wild as well. I... I Really haven't enjoyed a lot of Zelda games since the Super Nintendo, to be honest. So, it's oh. I guess it's it's not too much of a shock, but it's a game that's universally, almost universally loved, in a lot of places. Um, but yeah, I just could bounce off it, couldn't couldn't get oh, in. Oh, you yeah, know, we're different
0: there. I definitely enjoyed a couple of Zeldas in the 3D escape.
1: Yeah.
2: I think the biggest issue with Breath of the Wild is that much like minecraft and games of that ilk you have to make your own fun and decide what it is you're going to do like they give you a placement and they say do what you want to do and it turns out um i'm like this a lot like i've gotten a fair way through breath of the wild but i still still haven't finished it because i don't i want to be told a story i want to be entertained i don't want to entertain myself there's i have other outlets that i do that with and video gaming is apparently not one of them so it's why I, think... I couldn't give a fuck about Minecraft and I have not yet finished Breath of the Wild and oh, this is wow. me my kid is named Link I am a bit of a Zelda dork and have been you know since the 64 days but I'll be interested to see how Breath of the Wild 2 goes because like you said it's, it's very admirable what they've done with it it's an amazing set of systems and it does a lot to you know get that sense of wonder that you used to have when you were playing old games you are like oh wow wouldn't it be cool if I could do this and do that I wonder what would happen if I did this thing and it works and you're like oh my god I can't believe they thought to put that in there this I think
0: I just want so like you maybe just like together. just a little more direction yeah like have it yeah, like have that, that was... discovery there but like because I what I talk about with the rain is just like I, I'm like alright that's cool I'm gonna explore it and I've only you know I'm not a kid anymore I'm like between shifts I'm like home and they have to go to another job I've got 30-40 minutes and if 20 minutes of that is just like lit- literally washed away...
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it is I, hard. And I, I think with a lot of open world games that get it right, for example, you look at uh, Red Dead or or Grand Theft Auto, there's all that open world tool around do what you want sort of stuff. But once you get sick of that, there's a very clear line to the end. You can... Uh, okay, I can tool around for a couple of hours and then go, you know what, it's time to see what this game story is... You go from A to B. You finish the story, whereas Zelda and Minecraft and, and a lot of those survival-like games, you, it's just up to you to make your own fun. And I guess that's a really hard thing for people not wired that way. I guess it's a really hard thing for people to do. Right. Or even
0: just your time, ta- even just like your time availability. Like I, I think for me, maybe having it on Switch and like being able to, like, all right, I've got to go to work, but hey, I'll just throw it in my bag, may have been enough. Yeah. May have been enough to. I'm cause I, I also have issues with Grand Theft Auto, but I would not say I had any expectations from those games other than they were stupidly popular. So I kept on trying them and then bouncing and bouncing and <laughs> bouncing. Although for anyone who knows me, it might be surprising to learn like, that, at least, to, actually, every time this happens, is I never expected to like Metal Gear Solid. And you did. Um, feeling like because I, I'm just I find a lot of just like really military stuff incredibly drab and incredibly boring i do not understand the fetishism behind it at all and when metal gear solid on the playstation came out we were kind of entering peak i had moved away from pc gaming because everything was dis glorified world war ii shooter yep or glorified world war ii um rts game with the exception of starcraft bless you bless you not for being that um, and then like then but like the reviews of this game were like fucking wild um but the just the production that i think kojima puts into it and by turn, the silliness, but also the, the fact, like, it was so weird, but also kind of so smart at the same time. You never realize how smart it is. You're just kind of enamored by how stupid it is. And i like, just the pacing of that, and it just did not feel that military. Like, it always had a, like, goofy sense that, like, had fucking robot samurais and stuff. The weird thing is every new Metal Gear, I'd be like, I remember I really loved the last ones. So I have to play the new one. And then I'd get to putting the disc in and I'd be like, do I want to play this now? I'm, feel- I'm always never feeling Metal Gear until yeah. I've played the first hour of it.
1: I, I like, was oh, no, this is super sus on Metal Gear 5 being open world. Um, and it probably st- is still too long. But oh, it's I really too, enjoyed it's, it. The
0: second half is clearly not finished. I think it could have been yeah. longer and felt shorter. Like Konami yeah. had very clearly said, you get this out for this deadline now. Yep. That, that back half of that game was yeah
1: because I quite like stealth games yeah, like rough. Splinter Cell are, I'm really a big fan of Splinter Cell tight linear stealth games um, and when they said open world for Metal Gear I thought how are you going to keep that stealth I guess tension that, that builds up mm-hmm. in a good stealth game and, and by having playing. a
0: lot of systems just working really yeah, good ways yeah
1: and it really really impressed me because he managed a really to do good that
0: co- cover of a David Bowie song to open yeah.
1: and space whales space whales
0: space Wh- i wish there were more space whales like man that <laughs> opening sequence
1: like can you imagine just in 50 years time someone studying kojima's work and go here look at this
0: <laughs> i think it's going to be incredible because you're be like this guy was like almost a prophet yeah but also like space whales and babies and tubes and <laughs> Yeah. cyborg ninjas and... Scientists crippled by friggin' animation obsessiveness and whatever. Anyway, Steve, <laughs> you look like you're shaking your head.
2: Whatever he does for the PS5, it's going to be interesting. Like, whatever, you, whatever well, else you want to say about Kojima's games...
1: The, the rumours are that Microsoft very- have um, got exclusivity of his next game. Huge rumours.
2: should be very...
1: That would yeah. be a big get. That would be a very big get. So, We've
2: painted exclusive footage of them driving a dump truck of money up to his house.
1: Yep. Pretty much. So, do you know how Sony let you do anything you want? We'll really let you do anything you want, and here's the money to do it. <laughs> See, I don't get that from a, a kind of like the things I
0: really actually ended up liking Death Stranding. I'm not going to put that down as a surprise. Like, in the Animal Crossing kind of way, that slower paced exploration yeah. thing. Like, that's kind of my jam. If somebody's going to like this, it might be me. But I can't imagine. My, I'm struggling to see a business perspective where somebody's looked at that as what he produced on a AAA budget and yeah. thought, i got to get me some of that. Like, it is so weird where that I that wondered, game exists.
2: If that wasn't the thing where Sony sort of looked at the numbers they did with Death Stranding and. They're like, all right, so how much money do you want for the next game? And he gave them a number, and they're like, it was nice doing business with you, Hideo. We'll uh, catch you around. Did it did
0: pretty well. I, I mean, I just don't think it did, you know, no. Last of Us or God of war well. No. no I, I, but you
1: know what? I think then it kind of... It's almost it's going to fit in well with Microsoft at the moment, where they're getting all these eclectic little developers under mm-hmm. their wings. So... um. Yeah, one thing for sure the is their their is catalogs going to require a lot more money than Tim Schafer is. Oh yeah, he will. But you know what? I'm, Microsoft have got it,
0: you know what? If he comes out with something big and crazy enough, it might also make yeah. me go. I don't know, if it, I have time for this, but fine, I'll put a Series X beside the PlayStation Five.
1: You know, he might he might be that person that goes. You know, here's my next Silent Hill or my next Metal Gear. And it actually oh, Sony would be so furious if they let him go and then he went and made a fucking metal gear. Yeah, no, but I mean oh, I wouldn't be a metal gear, but you know what I mean? Like it's that next big franchise that everyone's attached people. to, you know? And everyone goes, Holy shit, this is amazing. This is back, you know, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, so I think he's probably a gamble worth worth punting on. I actually think he's probably
0: Microsoft driving some truck of money up to Konami.
1: Yeah, and said we want Metal Gear as well, and we've got Kojima, so
0: hey. Would Kojima still work with Konami? Um, anyway, we have gotten a little bit off topic, although we are entertainingly. Um,
1: <laughs> Kojima brings out the best. You in said, do you have?
0: Do you have anything that you bounce off specifically to add, or?
1: Uh, not really. That um, I, I, there's been a couple like uh, Command and Conquer games and things like that where. You know, I've liked the sequ- I liked the previous games, and then bounced off hard. Uh, Command and Conquer Four, I think, is an obvious one, but I don't think there were many people that really got attached to Command and Conquer Four. Um, you know, I played yeah. the the previous ones incessantly, and then you know, bounced off pretty hard off that one. So, um, yeah, old old uh, shitty sequels: Red Faction, Armageddon you know <laughs> those sequences. it was fine it was, it was a quintessential
0: fine, fine actually it was better than ninja gaiden 3 it was it
1: absolutely was
0: <laughs> that's going to be, that might be relevant roughly the same time this podcast
1: drops yeah. actually <laughs> but yeah it wasn't red faction guerrilla was it so <laughs> no it wasn't yeah
0: All right to wrap this up steve have you been able to think of anything else or are we just going to tie a little bow on this
2: It's got me thinking about sequels that totally sucked more than the first game. But um, maybe the continued disappointing uh, technical performance of the Just Cause series, because those early games are mint, and then you get to like 3 and 4, and they just run like dog shit. And, it's and if you play 3 or 4 on a
1: Series X or PS5, they're going to run great now. <laughs> run them on a PC, and they're glorious. 3's three's, three's a better game than 2, and I'll put my hat on that. If you've got... If you had a PC at the time that could run it, it's console versions were dog shit. Absolute dog shit. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the PC version was really good. Number four was a bit of a disappointment, but yeah. Yeah. And hey,
0: I just remember the title that actually inspired this. Um just fucking Sunset Overdrive. I was all in this really stupid looking high energy insomniacs allowed to do whatever they want, and then it actually had no energy.
1: I love the hell out of that game, so I don't get it. I thought I was going (laughs) to love the hell out
0: of it. I was like, this is some dumb Western energy drink take on Jet Set Radio with Mutant Monsters. This is going to be awesome. And I just never got any... It's going
2: to be Jet Set Radio-related. I knew, because it's not enough Jet Set Radio. That's its main problem. Like, it got sort of sold like that, and then as someone who played a crap ton of Jet Set Radio on the Dreamcast, and then Jet Set Radio Future on the Xbox... Sunset Overdrive is not Jet Set enough.
1: I it does not have I a never liked energy. Like I was fine with Jet Set Radio, but it was never like my favourite thing. So Sunset Overdrive I enjoyed the hell out of. I loved moving, just going around that city in the stupid ways and flipping off power rails and grinding on The way you talk about and... this, you should have loved Jet Set Radio. Yeah, I know. It just I guess it just never was really I only ever played the Xbox version of it and then, for not for long, because I don't think I actually owned it. I think I might have hired it a couple of times from Video Easy. But, yeah.
0: Now, everybody had Jet Set Radio Future, because it was in that three-game bundle that was everywhere one Christmas.
1: No, I bought, bought it with Rally Halo. As well, I think. It was Sega GT and Halo. Yeah, and I Jet just Set had Radio Halo and, and Brute Force, I think, in my pack. But, yeah, Brute Force was terrible. So Yeah,
2: I had a Dreamcast that so it was, like, required playing.
0: And Jet Set Radio was an eye-opener for me. That was... Unprecedented. Anyway, we should we should just, just do an episode on how great Jet Set Radio was.
1: Can I add one I'll more? I'll a way to
0: like. Yes, before we wrap up. Before
1: short. we wrap up quickly, a game I never thought I'd like, and now is my absolute favorite thing ever is Yakuza. Yeah, okay. like yeah, I think you're slowly edging towards liking Jet Set Radio. So, <laughs> like honestly, I I never thought looking at the trailer for yakuza i would have never thought that was and because when i first became aware of yakuza it was like yakuza 3 or 4 and i had like no fucking idea what was going on i played a little bit of it um but then finally getting that cheap copy of yakuza 0 on pc that was that was that was a game-changing moment and uh fucking love that series now
2: I don't think anything hurt that franchise more than the comparisons to Grand Theft Auto, to be quite
0: honest. Throughout, yeah, Se- Sega did not know how to sell so that game until. So much of its early... Yeah.
1: Western, Western audiences zero, thought like it zero. was a Japanese GTA because that's how it was. It's cause that was Sega's fault, to be fair. Yeah, that was entirely yeah. on Sega. Which it's not. Blues it's blues like... It was a bad... Soap opera crime drama yeah, with fisticuffs. Croft tattooed and... soap
0: opera, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um, and it's great
1: it's cheesy as hell and I'm all for it but yeah
0: well it does that thing that I think a lot of the best Japanese drama stories or whatever do where they somehow manage to like get some really pertinent stuff across while being completely silly at the same time yeah. it's like you can say this is serious fiction it has something meaningful to say and it says it well also but- here's a guy who has a fetish about being a baby and goes to a club where women spank him every night <laughs> and it just somehow <laughs> makes it all come together yep Anyway, um, we're going to wrap that up there because we are running a bit long. Yusou, thank you very much for coming along and chatting at Yakuza is great. I'm always okay yeah. with people doing that.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Anything um, you wish to pimp? You yeah, have E3 held. coverage is about to hit in a big way on player two. So uh, E3 is coming up and we'll be doing this week. By the time this goes live, we'll have a bunch of our prediction articles up with the editorial team um, pulling titles out of their ass and putting them on a prediction page um we'll also have coverage of all the shows the trailers and stuff and we also have a competition where you can win a bottle of the hot sauce of oblivion uh and it's really cool it's something new we're trying uh you send in your favorite recipe that would benefit from the hot sauce of oblivion uh and you could win a bottle and the winners i'm actually going to cook on video and and publish them on youtube so hey we've had some really good entries so far so like this is going to be fun i think there's a really good someone someone sent in a really cool ramen recipe actually so that that's right up there
0: yeah Man, I'm thinking. Do you, do you remember how um, Omni Gang brewed a bunch of Game of Thrones beers? Do you think we could get that done with the video game and just get, get the developed, like get them sent to us to get drunk on camera? Because I would oh, be down with.
1: Honestly, that. yeah, we can be bought by beers, people.
0: We won't accept cash fries, but if you want to like build like some crazy fifteen percent craft pastry imperial yeah. stout, fucking whatever, go nuts.
1: <laughs> the stout of oblivion. Yeah, we'll give it a crack. Yep,
0: absolutely. It's got dragon's milk in it. I feel like it's actually beer that's called dragon's milk. Anyway, Steve, entertain yes. us or say goodbye or pimp something or whatever.
2: Uh, I mean, yep, you'll see some E3 predictions from me. And uh, if you know the past is anything to go by, I'll be completely wrong. So look forward to that. Um, and hopefully, some uh, other things coming out, some hardware reviews, and a few other. Things that I've got to get tidied off and squared away on the site, but obviously E3 is the big one for player two, so make sure you are jumping in because um, Matt and Paul, especially, always do a fantastic job, and they're up extremely early, even more so this year by the looks of things than ever before. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: glad they're so on a video game site, <laughs>
0: make them feel appreciated.
1: And actually it's not too bad because a lot of it's on one night, and it's a public holiday night, so oh that that, that, that helps nice.
0: that helps anyway yes and i am at pretend on twitter and if you're wondering why i'm so salty about freaking ninja Gaiden three that'll be up around about the time i think um this podcast launches like actually looking at the calendar yep just before um, but um op piece but i mean the short of it is ninja Gaiden one and two they're probably hovering between a c and a b they're still pretty good um so what's the lowest score we can give uh an f F, alright, then um, Ninja Gaiden 3 would be an F plus because it technically didn't crash. <laughs> That's basically where I'm standing on it. It's like, game is bad! <laughs>
1: and as we discussed, I actually reviewed it for Pixel Hunt, the start of this <laughs> Pixel cast, um, way voice. back in the day. Yeah. Did you hear I think I gave it.